0: As we continue in our worship, we arrive at our second scripture reading, which will be the focus of our meditation for today, which is a passage that may also sound familiar. As it comes to us from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, if you would like to follow along at home in your own Bible, let us listen now to God's holy word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines who has made him know, Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, this morning, can, can you and I talk for a moment? Can, can you and I have a chat? Yeah, I, I know. I understand that this conversation is one-sided because I get to talk all I want and you're at home watching and, and, well, you could talk to the TV, but I'm not going to hear what you're saying. But that's, I think, how important this conversation is. It's one I think we need to have. So if you would indulge me for a moment. What we need to talk about, I think, as we head into the new year, is the sort of state we find ourselves in. How we're left with questions of what it means to understand ourselves, to understand our own history, to understand our personhood and our identities within the broader context of creation. As these past couple years have shown us, these are questions we have not really asked ourselves. Part of what I hear though in this process is a fear. The fear of asking, does shedding a light on the past corrupt our understanding of the present? That if we learn that we or someone else or something we belong to did something that was wrong years ago, does that make us bad people? Well, to give you a little sneak peek, the answer is no. But if we don't honestly name our sins, if we don't name our faults, there's no room to grow. Honestly naming our sins and faults does not inherently imply judgment or condemnation. It's only when we fail to identify and say these things out loud where things begin to go awry, because if we don't name these things that's when there's room that opens up for our hearts to embrace ignorance and fear instead. Now this message of detailing the importance of this inner work is not new. God sent prophets, God sent women and men to go and proclaim the love and the justice of God. We know that in our world today that sometimes As much as we need to hear this message, it's not always clear. Similarly to how in this current age we find that we have our digital devices and as much as I could text Karen or she can text me or I could text anyone really in the church or my family, sometimes digital messages are not the best way to get a message across. Sometimes it does take that kind of in-person touch. Though, don't go touching people now, please. And I say that because God knew this. We hear that in our reading for this morning, that God sent Jesus to live among us, to show us the importance of this message. God sent Jesus to live among us. The Greek, skeno'o, literally meaning to pitch a tent. As Eugene Peterson would say in his translation, God moved into the neighborhood. God sent Jesus to set up a home in our midst to make sure we got the message that transformational power, the power that's found in the light of God, is a free gift, but it's a free gift that also requires action on our part. It's almost reminiscent of that iconic scene from the 1989 movie, Say Anything, where who is a, I think Lloyd Dobler, the character, stands outside his crush's window with a boombox over his head. Jesus is the one standing outside, reminding us that the message is loud and clear. That we were not left alone to face fear and confusion alone, as we hear the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ came into the world to set up a dwelling place and to broadcast a message of salvation so that we might know without a doubt that God's love and compassion for all creation extends beyond our limited comprehension. As I said before, though, this work takes a little effort on our part. It's not the kind of gift that's won and done. It's something that takes a little elbow grease, or a lot of elbow grease, depending on where we're coming from, for us to go out and then set up a dwelling place of our own next to God. That is where this work of inward reflection comes into play. For us to bathe in the light of God, we must name the actions, thoughts, ideologies that depart from the heart of God, the life-giving heart of God. And there are many things that we could call out as being far from the heart of God. We can name our desecration of creation, the use of our faith to justify hatred and selfish actions. We can name also our using Jesus' name to defend ideologies that run counter to the core of Jesus' teaching. These are just a few of the things we can name. If we don't name these things, we ignore them, and ignoring them only leads to more pain, more suffering. If we don't name these things, we ignore them, and we only allow ourselves really to remember the good. But the good can only remain if we acknowledge and learn from our past mistakes. I understand that there are folks who will find this work frightening who believe that if we point out the sins of the past, we are condemning people today who seem far removed. That we're condemning people today who are far removed from any systemic or individual acts of failing to love our neighbors as ourselves. But as people of faith, we have nothing to fear. For the light that came into the world arrived to provide a healing light. Not a sort of judgment, but a means of redemption, of turning, of orienting ourselves back to the heart of God. As the reformer Martin Luther wrote in one of his books about Christmas, see how God invites you in many ways. He places before you a babe with whom you may take refuge. You cannot fear him, for nothing is more appealing to a person than a babe. Are you afraid? Then come to him, lying in the lap of the fairest and sweetest maid. You will see how great is the divine goodness which seeks above all else that you should not despair. Trust him. Here is a child in whom is salvation. To me, there is no greater consolation given to humankind than this. That Christ became human, a child, a babe, playing in the lap of his most gracious mother. Who is there whom this sight would not comfort? Now is overcome the power of sin, death, hell, conscience, and guilt. If you come to see this gurgling babe and believe that he has come not to judge you, but to save you, It's my hope, friends, that this year, similar to last year, but perhaps this year for sure, we might learn to let go of our fear. The fear of allowing the light of the Christ child to expose what needs redeeming. For there truly is no shame and being afraid of what we might uncover, but the consequences of not knowing is much worse. Today we are reminded that a heart so full of love came into the world for our sake, so that the least we could do is reach within ourselves to hand over what's in our hearts into the arms of God not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others, for creation and God. Let our honesty speak truth. Let our hearts approach Christ without fear, holding close to the words of John's gospel. That the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Amen.